another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davison, and I'm just joined by my good buddy, Alkin Beltry. Now, Elkin, we are here today. It's just you and me. Um, Ethan said that he had to go berry picking. That's what he said. Uh, but in reality, his team's down 3-1. He just couldn't bear to show his face today. I, that, that, that's, what I, that's what I'm that taking happens. away from it. Yeah. Anyways, it, 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 you think it's accurate? I think I think it's accurate. I mean, he didn't want to talk about him being down 3-1. Got to take the hits. Just like uh, their mascot took a couple hits from Conor McGregor on Friday night. So, mm. I mean, the Heat are oh, down. They're down. They are down. See, like, I, Ethan is going to be comfortable coming on after, you know, after it's all done. But for him, he I think he knows to come on now and be – you know, talk, admitting kind of where we're at, but also having hope is a tough spot to be in and a tough position to be in. And I just don't think that that's where he wants to be right now. I don't think he wants to have to think about that or do that. So he's picking berries. He didn't tell us what berries he was picking. So, uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I just don't know. I don't know if I trust. That's all yeah. I got to say. I mean, you got to be specific. If you would have told me like, hey, we're going strawberry picking, I'd be like, cool. That sounds legitimate. You know, mm-hmm. or even like blueberries or even raspberries. I'll take it. Blackberries, you got it. But no berries, not specific. Ethan, where you at, man? Yeah. Well, uh, he might be in the same place as Max Juice's jump shot, uh, which uh, has really only showed up in, in the first quarter of, of one game. Oh, yeah. um, and, uh, well, I think we should talk about how we've gotten here, what we've seen so far in this series and, you know, what the road is beyond. And, and so welcome. Um, we are through one before this series began. My mind was running in just a lot of different places. I didn't know where this would go. I had questions on both, you know, both sides, both ends of the floor of, you know, how would each team respond or handle? Who would be able to make who blink first? And I ended up having more questions for the Miami Heat. Um, I thought it would be easier to to make life difficult on them because of their, well, they didn't, I came back with the, you know, the Miami Heat don't actually have a four, which which Ethan chuckled at because it's been a thing we've said the whole year and it hadn't come back to bite them. But maybe this time it would. And, you know, you saw with that first first game, right? Just the, Miami's comfortable switching and uh, they would do so and Aaron Gordon would get on Gabe Vincent and it was HB dive to the rim and a dunk, right? And, and it was just over and over again. And, you know, it, you really quickly realized, oh, there is a size disadvantage um, uh, for the Heat. They don't have the ability to, to match up. Everyone's, like, a little too s- small for, for all the switching. Even if we kept our matchups, we're still a little too small. But especially if we're switching. And so we saw the adjustment to go to Kevin Love, right? I thought Kevin Love would have a bigger, you know, I thought he would be more involved. Didn't didn't show his face in game one, um, which, you know, you're executing that game plan. I get it. Comes out in game two, and it's not that 
Kevin Love was the reason why they won in game two. But you didn't see Aaron Gordon, you know, when when Kevin Love was there, Aaron Gordon didn't see barbecue chicken going to the rim, right? It's like, oh, hey, this is a big body, right? Or if Kevin Love was on uh, Jokic and any, and any, like, okay, Bam's there, right? There was more size out there on the floor. And, but what, I, what I'm seeing is that Miami is having to adjust to... Denver Nuggets, what Denver, what Denver's doing, right? They're the ones having to, uh, you know, react and and try to find ways. But we kind of knew that they would have to because they're at the they're at a you know they're at a disadvantage, uh, you know, from a talent perspective. Um, whether you want to say, hey, Tyler Hero's not available to to be out there, right? Or they don't have a four, or you know, they're they're having to they have this team of uh, you know, that lacks the pedigree, you might say, uh, because we have all these undrafted free agents that are that are rising to the occasion to get them here in the first place. But, you know, we're just a little bit outmatched. And so they're the ones having to try to do a lot of things. And they are trying to do a lot of things. But oh, can, what have you seen as this series has progressed? I kind of just... Like, I guess, like, my worry had always been, like, just looking at, I mean, the height started off, I remember I was looking at, like, Porter Jr., Gordon, Jokic, and then you can throw in, even, you can even give me some, some Jeff Green in there, even do do some Jeff Green, but they had these guys that Bam has pretty much has been, like, your tallest player has been playing consistently, and I know people have been saying, like, oh, we should be playing, like, I've heard people saying we should be playing Highsmith more, and I was like, no. There's a reason why Highsmith is not playing. He's pretty much playing garbage minutes at this point. There's a reason for it. And I think what you're kind of seeing too is, um, I wonder how much the performance that Caleb Martin had in the Eastern Conference Finals were they expecting in the finals. Like, do you think realistically speaking that he were expecting that to be replicated or they're like, okay, this has kind of been like, because I kind of felt like Caleb Martin had been fairly consistent in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Like, he's been delivering. I have to look back, but were the Heat expecting, like, hey, this isn't going to last forever. How much can we really rely on this? And that's one thing I've been looking at because, I mean, there were a few games I felt like in the Eastern Conference Finals that he he won those games for them. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, K- Caleb, Mar- Caleb Martin averaging nearly 20 points on 60-49-87, you know, percent splits, uh, you know. So he was, he basically turned into Kawhi Leonard for uh, a series. Yeah. And I mean, now we're I down, understand. Yeah. Now we're down to like seven I understand the, points. Yeah. It's, yeah. Go ahead. I, I, I understand the, hey, let's just ride with it and see, right? Yeah, see how it goes sense. in game one. Um, and we should, we should mention Caleb Martin uh, didn't even know if he was going to play in game two because of, of illness and, uh, you know, all of that, so Heat fans, yeah, we we, we acknowledge such things, um, but you know you can't you can't anticipate that to be the the same, right? No, got to be a, a little little regression. Um, but you know this is it's 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 been a lot it's been a lot of regression uh, for uh, for Caleb Martin. I do I do wonder. Um, 
one of the things that was a challenge for me to consider is how do how do the Heat handle this two man game of the uh, of the Nuggets, right? How do you handle the Jamal Murray who went off, um, you know, against the Lakers, going you know, scoring at uh, you know outrageous levels, and um, how do you handle him and Jokic with your personnel? You've got Bam, who's probably the most this this most switchable center uh, that we have out there, and yeah, he could switch out onto Jamal Murray, and that's cool. Except, who does that leave you with on Nikola Jokic, right? Gabe Vincent is a great chaser uh, for you know chasing around screens, avoiding getting screened, and and trying to stay attached to Jamal Murray, but he's also shorter. This was a concern that Ethan had, right? He's not, he doesn't have as much size. And so not only can Jamal Murray maybe post him up, but coming off those screens, right, he's not going to be quite as bothered. He's going to have vision uh, above and be able to find he's got 10 assists in every game, right, 10 plus assists in every game uh, so far in, in this Western Conference Finals. And, and so if you're staying attached to your guy, well, where you, you still have the issue of, well, Bam still isn't as big as Jokic is. Jokic is just a mammoth com- you know, compared to Bam. But it, it's what are you trying to take away? And I don't w- love the, hey, make make Jokic a scorer or make him a passer, but you've got to be careful to not open up uh, opportunities um, you know, for either of those guys and with the personnel that they have you can't really switch things to take away um to take away murray like you can try to blitz murray the problem is if you're blitzing putting two to the ball on murray you're now having a four on three if he gets that ball out with any sort of speed you've now got a four on three with Jokic leading leading the way you've You've got a situation if you're switching where you're passing and there's no way that you have anyone as good as Bam to guard Jokic. And now he's got the ball and he's got someone tiny on him. So and if you come to send that help, then it's a lob to it's a lob to Gordon. So it's a lot of uh, challenges that that Miami's had with those three guys while KCP and Michael Porter Jr. have been cold. And it's the other three, the the primary three have gone off, but the other two starters who are known to just catch and shoot, splash threes, they haven't been as hot, but the Nuggets have got timely help from other bench guys, right? Bruce Brown, Christian Brown. um, Both of those guys have had clutch performances for them, right? In important games. And it's just, it's tough. And just it's like tough looking if you're at Miami. it, yeah, like I'm looking at like what can Miami do. I think that's the issue where we have Jokic. He's pretty much, I would say, in his NBA prime right now. Jokic being 27, I think he's pretty much at a point where you can pretty much only attack him so many certain ways. Kind of like you brought it up, Richard. And I think that some of the teams have been better at, I don't want to say defending him. But I would say, like, more dealing with him, sometimes they choose their poison and just say, we're going to cover all the cutters and three-point shooters, and at least we can get him to stay down and just shoot two-pointers because two is less than three, and we're going to work with that. Because I feel like like where he's at, you can't double him. 
I feel like the Heat can't just throw doubles at Jokic because him being so tall, he's going to see the floor. And I don't. And the Heat normally don't play someone as tall as Jokic for most of their game. Like they'll have maybe for a spell or two. I think like that's an issue. And I like I've been trying to think. I was like, what can the Heat possibly do? And sometimes the matchup is just not there. Like I would say like. As far as the Heat going through matchup, like this is a team that I was like, if you want to create a team that the Heat badly match up with, be the worst, one of the worst possible matchups for them, this would be at the Nuggets. Because I felt like with some of those other series, you had like teams that it worked out for the Heat. Like you have like, I would say like the Celtics team, the Heat were able to switch on, on several of those or stay at home because they had like the wing personnel. And you kind of felt like, I mean, they also knew too that the Celtics were going to go like more one-on-one style instead of like moving it around and I didn't, I didn't even see much pick and roll game from some of the like the Celtics pick and roll like it's not really the big thing a part of their offense but it's just even looking at it like they even they would even revert back to like zone we saw zone a few times and I feel like they can't do zone because the Nuggets have like the perfect guy to break a zone I mean you put Jokic what at the nail at the free throw line like he's gonna know how to break the zone so I mean, and I know I know you and Ethan hammered this home. You're like, if we had the Heat had an actual four, like PJ Tucker's the name. I remember I heard you guys in your preview thing, like this would be a great series to have PJ Tucker for. Like he's by the way, I don't know who said it. One of you said it. Maybe I feel like you got to have always said like PJ Tucker is just good to like mess the game up or muck the game up. You're like, that's what you said. I feel like one of you always say that about PJ Tucker. Probably, probably Ethan. And like that's how I but, think. I, yeah. But like in a series like this, it'll allow you to put him on someone like Gordon. Like you can put him on, or like Michael Porter Jr. and just they took him out. But but Richard, as you look at it, because I think like uh, coming on Monday for for Game Five, we kind of know that the Nuggets aren't going to. Ch- I don't think they're going to change the strategy much because they've been very successful using the current strategy. Do you see anything that the Heat can do to at least bring the series back to Miami, or is it like? Because I did see some things work for the Heat. Like, I mean, it's it's not like everything they throw out doesn't work. Like, there are some some stretches where you're like, the Heat have something going. But you can't have a stretch when Jokic goes out and the lead pretty much, like, stays the same. Like, I think there was – I read somewhere, like, uh, Jokic went out with a 10-point lead. And when he came back, Nuggets had a 9-point lead, which is like, you can't do that. Well, I mean, it's – they started to, like – make a run like it it wasn't that it, it stayed at 10 to 9 or, or anything like that yeah, yeah they were able like bruce brown came in and bruce brown decided that he was going to get to the rim he was going to find open looks he was going to uh put pressure and it's it's almost like the heat thought ah oh, sweet we we got uh they got Jokic out of this game for a while we're going to make a run without actually you know solidifying that and and it's here's here's the challenge that um that miami faces here in game five the the challenge is is that you've tried they've tried a lot they've tried everything and the there's no there's no substitute for just executing better and i mean Looking at it, it's like, all right, game two, Max Struess. Quarter one, you hit four three-pointers. That's awesome. Outside of that quarter, Max Struess has uh, 
I think made one single three pointer outside of that quarter. Yeah, he's shooting pretty much series. sixteen percent. It's like point one six eight percent for the whole series. Oh, it's 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 awful. Yeah, and so you can the the thing that you can hope for if you're the Heat is it's like well, can we get some positive shooting regression? Right? Can can, can Max Truce all of a sudden like? He's been a little bit of a slump. Can he get out of that slump? It's tough when you got to do that in a closeout game, right? But can he be? Can he be back in? Can he be hitting some shots? Duncan Robinson has been hitting uh, a lot of shots. The problem is on the defensive end, you got to find a coverage for him. And the moment you got to start finding a coverage for him, as well as uh, you know Kevin Love, as well as oh man, we can't be, we can't switch everything and get Gabe Vincent on, you know, Aaron Gordon has been punishing us in some of these switches. Those are the things that make life tough offensively though. I, there's, there's places to pick for Miami, but all because Denver was basically willing to switch any single non Jokic action. And they're willing to switch any Jokic Aaron Gordon uh, uh, screen and you saw Miami going to it like hey let's get Jimmy Butler like Jimmy Butler's got his ankle thing right it, it's tough for him but you were able to whenever you wanted to just come on up have a back screen uh for for Jimmy with uh, I think a lot of time it was on um you know Jamal Jamal Murray right to get Jamal Murray as the defender well let's just do that over and over again. Maybe you can get Jamal Murray into foul trouble. But they were able to get good looks whenever they wanted to in that. Yeah, that kind of bogs it down. But if you can do that and find a spacing where you put, like, Duncan Robinson or Max Schroes if he's actually hitting shots or Kyle Lowry is known to hit some shots from time to time or Gabe Vincent, like, put them one pass away, you, you know, usually it's going to be Gabe Vincent because he's the one initially setting, you know, that back screen, right, Whoever or whoever Jamal Murray is guarding. You can get good shots there if you want. You do get good offensive looks when Duncan Robinson is coming off those uh, handoffs uh, out of um, delay action or elbow action when uh, Bam has the ball and you're able to have Duncan Robinson making reads in the offensive end. The way that they won game two is they were able to shoot and, you know, Get juice the offense enough uh, to to squeeze by. If you look at each, um, you know, finals score here, it's a lot lower than you would anticipate. Um, with just the offenses being as good as they are, but a lot of that has to do with you know pace and things of that nature. Like game one, Denver wins uh, with 104. Game two, Miami wins with 111. Right, Denver wins with 109 108 right these are not uh like high super high scoring um you know endeavors but we still have high offensive rating numbers uh for for the winning team it's it's just it's the pace is slow but if you can find efficient offense that's going to be the way to win because on the defensive end, there's too many openings. Um, and Miami doesn't have personnel. I don't know who the like that personnel would be. Uh, like we we talked about, you know, you mentioned P.J. Tucker. Well, 
one of the ways that in their single game matchup that was kind of helpful was in, in, in Philly is P.J. Tucker on Jokic, right? Getting underneath them, you know, being extra physical. The refs are allowing it and having Embiid at, at, you know, at the rim protecting, right? On the Aaron Gordon, kind of like the Rui on, you know, Jokic, Anthony Davis at the rim guarding Aaron, uh, Aaron Gordon in the dunker spot. I, I don't see the defensive... Uh, answer for Miami. So I think these answers have to come on the offensive end. Maybe Tyler Hero shows up, but it hasn't, it seemed like that hasn't quite progressed in a helpful enough way. And I don't know if you want to throw that out in game five. Uh, so if it were me, like, all right, let's just steer into a little more Duncan Robinson. Um, let's continue to, let's hope Max Struess, uh is able to, you know, Find his shot again. Um, let's get these post-up opportunities for Jimmy. Let's keep finding Bam in the short roll. And Bam continued to be, you know, aggressive when you have those openings. Uh, gave Vincent, let it fly when you know when it's your time. And just hope that you can somehow outscore them. Um, it's tough to do that now. Three out of three times. But that would be my approach if I'm trying, if, if I'm Miami. Yeah, kind of just looking at it. And by the way, I should have seen I should have seen these scores coming because both of these teams are literally they're both in the bottom third as far as pace. And I mean, it makes sense as far as the Nuggets wanting to do a lot of half court sets, and I mean the Heat wanting to get their shooters shoot open. But even in like the Heat are shooting, I want to say like mid thirties for the series. As far as like three point shooting, yeah, thirty six percent. The game two that they won, though, uh, you were definitely right about everything. Almost everything going right offensively for them. They shot forty eight percent that game. They made like seventeen out of thirty five threes, which is like that's what they pretty much need every game. Like some people are saying, well, like this is just progressing to the mean, but I think that you're right. Like the only way, I mean, if the Nuggets are gonna have this type of pace, the Heat have to be able to outscore them. Like, that's obviously how score to win, but, like, as far as they're going to have to, which I think can happen, like, I don't think it's unfeasible for them to go back to Miami for one more game, but it's just, for me at least, Richard, it kind of felt like everything was clicking in game two, almost everything was clicking in game two for the Heat, and they almost felt like they just squeezed one by. But, like, the, I, I think that's just the nature of the series, be what the person at the Heat have compared to the Nuggets, because if everything is clicking for the Nuggets, we're going to see a blowout. But if everything's looking for the Heat, yeah. they can win, but it's going to be barely. And but you've talked, but we've talked about that because of the roster makeup, because of disparity in the talent that we've seen on both of the rosters, and that's just that's just going to happen. But yeah, Heat are ahead. Heat are not having a blowout win in this series. Like it's just uh, that that's the outcome in any single game that I would be the most surprised by. Blowout Heat win. I can see close Heat wins. I can see uh, you know going into the, the thing that was so confounding to me is like you could see a lot of hey Miami Heat could win four close games and win, win the whole thing um you know it, it, I also predicted Denver in four so it's like I, I I trusted Denver's ability to win in a variety of ways and it's just that's the thing I see right you can plug up one hole but in doing so you're opening up another um and that's the challenge with this Nuggets team in every team that they've 
faced. Like some people, I've seen people out there who want to say, ah, you know, this pathway for, uh, you know, the Nuggets. Was, you know, people always at this time every year start to pull out, you know, love to throw any asterisk on any, you know, love to do that. People love to make excuses for why this team won or why that team won. Um, and I don't get it. I don't buy it. Um, like, yeah, okay, it's like, wow, you know, look how easy, you know, easy it has been for Denver, right? They're able to just, no one's been able to match up. Well, who's who's the matchup? Like, like, how come the other good teams that were supposed to be good matchups, how come they're not here? Like, and I think it's revisionist history as well because that Suns team was like, people looked at that and like, whoa, you know, I don't know if they can beat the Suns team. And then people, well, you know, Chris Paul, Chris Paul wasn't as, you know, wasn't that effective before, even before he got injured um, and in in that series. So I, I just don't, the reason why it's looked so easy for Denver is because they're a really good team, right? They're, they're probably going to be the champions here, um, you know, in, in, in a day or so. And it, it's because there's such a matchup problem for every other team out there. Um, there, there's teams I could look at and say, yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe Boston with their um, with their positional size, and you know, could be able to uh, you know match up on, on on the defensive end of the floor. But we know how Boston likes to get in the you know finds themselves in the mud on the offensive end of the floor sometimes. Um, you know, you could look out and say, well, Philly, right? They've they've got the big man, you know, you know, matchup as well. And they got PJ Tucker, that looked good in a in the game, but you know, there's question marks in in Philly with, with James Harden and uh with some of the tertiary players on that team. So like Denver's the best team this year. And I think that's what we're gonna see in the result here um shortly, right? I think we're gonna see them crowned NBA champions. Oh yeah, it's probably gonna happen on Monday. Like that's what I'm kind of like leading towards. But I think those are all my thoughts that I have on on the Nuggets Miami series. I feel like those are like the key points that we've seen as far as with stuff. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add though to it. I don't want to. I don't want to leave you, or I want to say like we're done, and you got nah. I got one more point to make, Elgin. Um. I mean, I mean, thinking, uh, thinking about this, it's just you know, props to, props to the Nuggets, um, with what they've been able to do. Jokic has, you know, there's been a question for a while: Can you win an NBA Finals with your uh, center not being the rim, you know, not being an elite rim protector? Can you win the Finals um, just with a, you know, a you know, strictly offensive center. I mean, Jokic is probably the best. Um, I mean, you can start. I want to be careful, you know, but he's like one of the best offensive centers of all time. You can point out other people like Shaq, Kareem. Uh, you know, people could probably throw Wilt out there with just the numbers. But again, I've, I need. I, I don't watch. That was so long ago. <laughs> so. Uh, 
it, but he's that there's just not really an answer for him and with Jamal Murray playing as well as he is and you're getting contributions from somebody else every single night they're just tempting to stop in this era especially going forward where we we're about to go with the CBA we, we've had some CBA talk but it's kind of prohibitive and I think Denver is going to be a problem uh, yeah. for teams not just this year if they're able to retain everyone and I think that they will be yeah. going forward it's they're a challenge because Denver I mean it kind of feels like so you know we've had like this era where teams are getting like three almost like trying to get these three max players but I know with the CBA moving forward it's almost going to be like now nah, we're going to pretty much you're only going to be able to get two that's about it and even if you get two we're going to make it really hard for you to fill a good roster and I kind of feel like Denver they got a guy who's we know undoubtedly best player in the NBA right now. You have a guy like I'm not ready to call. Maybe I don't think this is a hot take, Richard, but I feel like I can't call Jamal Murray a superstar. He's definitely a star. Like for me, superstar, I'm thinking of like Jokic, Giannis. Like if they were leading their own team, they could lead him to a championship type of like level. He's 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 not he's not made an All NBA team. He's not even made I don't believe an All Star team. Yeah, now, part of that is. The moment he's hitting his prime, he's having injury-riddled seasons, right? So uh, I, I think if he stays healthy, he's going to comfortably be in both of those next year. Um, yeah. That's just that's, that's just my opinion no, because but, people yeah. people like to validate playoff success mm -hmm. uh, with with those choices going forward. If you know if if it's close and there's a there's a yeah, toss and, up and just looking at the just looking at their makeup, they have. I think now you have to. I think you have to at least have three role players. I think to get. Forward, you have to have three role players you know can contribute. Maybe three other starters. Maybe you have one guy on the bench and two starters or whichever way. You have to have it. And I'll tell you this. That trade, how they traded, like Monte Morris. And I think, was it Willie Barton included in that trade too? With Monte Morris? For, yeah. to get, like, KCP, like, that changes the dynamic that they had there. Because you had two guys who were very offensive-centered. I mean, and we, we know about Monte Morris. Just, like, we love him. We like him. We know Barton was just going to chuck it up every time he got it. I mean, it's kind of, and it's also a reason why Hot Bones Highland got traded because he's like, I'm going to chuck it every time. But bringing in a guy like KCP, I think, brought a certain type of chemistry and allowed Jamal Murray also on the defensive end to not have to guard some of the harder guard matchups that he had to guard before or kind of stick on those guys. And I think that for me is also a solid pickup. And you can definitely keep KCP. Obviously, you can keep keep him on there because this isn't a guy who's going to be who's going to run your pockets for now so i'm looking at it like at least what am i what are, what are we thinking like top eight players on this roster top top nine they're gonna for they're gonna have for coming season like i don't have the contracts in front of me so here's the situation yeah uh, going going into next year everyone's under contract mm -hmm. that matters except for um it's possible jeff green and bruce brown are the ones mm -hmm. that could could leave right uh i think at this stage of jeff green's career he might stay i think he likes where he's at he's not even at the minimum he's he's making more than the minimum here and it's he's able to be retained i think for that i the think real question bruce brown though is man. bruce brown but but here's the here's the problem people mention each time well i don't know if this team can keep bruce brown i don't know if the nets can keep him. They could have definitely kept him last year. Like the Nets could have definitely kept Bruce Brown. Um, they just chose not to. 
um, with the salary he ended up uh, demanding. But I look around at teams that are going to have um, salary flexibility this offseason, and I, I think to myself, well, who's the team that's out there that's going to be able to give Bruce Brown substantially more than the Nuggets are going to be able to give Bruce Brown? I don't see it. And it's only for, like, this year because, uh, you know, once you're able to retain a, someone for multiple years, like, you know, once they've hit the three-year mark, you've got bird rights now. Uh, early bird rights would be the year before. Right now we're at, like, non-bird rights. Yeah. Which simply means, you know, the further you – the longer you have someone, the more you're able to pay someone. Yeah. And I th- – I could see a situation where if Bruce Brown is amenable to this, like all the other actually good teams that are out there are pretty cap strapped. And like he's able to have a role of being, you know, when Jokic is out or when Jamal Murray is out, he gets on ball reps pretty, you know, he gets to do more of that than he did uh, with, with the Brooklyn Nets. So I I think his role is pretty good uh, where, where he is. And I just don't see the team that's out there that's going to pay him substantially more money and also give him a better role and all for, for you know, a team that, that's going to win. Now, maybe he doesn't care about winning at all uh, yeah, and he could, just cares about the other things. Yeah, he could win a championship uh, this year and be like, all right, I've got my say, championship. I get it. And now like, I want to get paid, this. set myself up for the future. But... At the same time, I could I could see them do pulling a Bobby Portis, right? That's the mm. hey Bobby Portis, great role player. Ah, we literally can't pay you tons and tons of money right now, but hey, resign for another year or two, and we'll take care of you down the road. Kind of a wink, wink type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I could see that. So like, there's as long as Bruce Brown is amenable to staying for you know maybe he'll make a couple million less than someone else is willing to pay him. Um, you know, so it's like there's the, that discount that he's taking to to stick around, so to speak. Like, again, I, th- I think he's got a pretty good role. I think he likes it. Uh, yeah. And in this new era, like you said, you can't really have three. I mean, let's take a look at the teams that have that have three, right? The Phoenix Suns, right? In theory, right? You've got the salary slots for KD, Devin Booker, and you've got like the third star money of Chris Paul. But usually in the past, you could do that. And then it took you a year or two to, all right, find the pieces, right? Miami Heat got their big three, right? Well, it took a year or so before we were able to put the, you know, Shane Battier pieces, you know, around and, and, and have the right role players. But now you're looking what the Suns have to do. And the rumors are, hey, we might waive Chris Paul. Chris Paul's uh, contract is half guaranteed. We might waive Chris Paul because of the financial issues and he's not really not really able to fill that and so as they try to fill out their roster they're having to subtract before they can add rather than just adding like they had in the past and that's the issue with the new cba yeah um and even if you've got those guys you can't add in the same ways because the ways that you were able to add in the past are now taken away from you so to be successful here you've got to be able to get those role players through the draft on those small cost control contracts, finding these second rounders like Austin Reeves uh, or whoever else. And it, you know, it makes that way more important. 
And so if you're a team with multiple stars like that, uh, that's going to be the way that you have to um, fill out that roster and find those role players. So we're going to see. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I think the Nuggets are pretty set. Yeah, I think they're definitely uh, prime set, set up well here for a, for a good run. And then this is the most random thing I thought about looking at the roster makeup. You know how like teams always look for valuable veterans, and we always talk about give the bad example of the Memphis Grizzlies could have used some good veterans. Like I think they're set up with the combination of Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan. I'm just like you have two guys who don't like DeAndre Jordan does not need minutes. But like I'm always looking at like I think this was the year where everything just came together for Nuggets. Cause I think I and I hate the argument people are like, well, Jokic hasn't performed in the playoffs, yada yada yada. But I don't know, Richard. Every time I look back he at has. his playoff stats, he has. like he's performed, and the way he carried the team to where they're like, oh, they got destroyed by the Suns. Suns beat them in four games. I'm like, well, look who he had on that roster. Like, like it's expected. The Suns had a very good. They had a championship caliber team that year. And I can't hold it against it. Like, I think we've looked through history. Any player who's an all-time player has never been able to do it by himself. So what happens when Jokic has everyone healthy? The obvious thing. He still performs the way he needs to perform. And his team is obviously on the brink of winning a championship. I feel like what's going to happen is, again, because I think the Nuggets are set up pretty well going forward. If they stay healthy, if they stay together, I think they're going to be a real challenge to face. I could see a situation where people start looking back and are like, whoa, like, should the Nuggets have more championships? Because, uh, you know, and I think that's a dangerous thing to do, right? Like, like I hate that. Look yeah. back, like, like, Jamal Murray was out and, and uh, Michael Porter Jr. was injured. And if they were healthy, you know, would... Would they have won inside of the Warriors? Would they have won, yeah. you know, in, in, inside of the Bucks? I just, you know, let's let's put a pause on. It's too on easy to do that. revisionist history. It's way too easy. And I always tell myself, like, Jamal Murray is pretty much out for two seasons. Like, that's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, with an injury like that, pretty much out for two seasons. Two playoff runs, yep. Yeah, and then Aaron Gordon. I mean, did they get him in 2021? Is that when they got Aaron Gordon? Yeah, they were able to – it was post the 2020 draft. I think it was at the 20, like that season, 2020, 2021 season at that yeah. deadline mm-hmm. uh, is when they got him because they had just drafted RJ Hampton mm. and then they sent uh, Gary Harris and RJ Hampton and to, you know, another to the magic. Yeah. Uh, first to the magic there. So that was that trade. And uh, you know, the replacement of one Jeremy Grant, Baron Gordon is, like you could see a a world and where Jeremy Grant could be here, but it would be very different. It'd be a different type of um, uh, approach um, to this. Aaron Gordon um, is has been great. Has been, you know, yeah, been 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 perfect for uh, this Nuggets team. And I kind of feel it. like yeah. And, Cause that's and that's what and this is what he needed too. Cause I almost felt like mm-hmm. on the Magic he was expected to carry them on some nights. Like that's what was expected of him. But you saw that. I think we all saw the talent there. Like we saw it. But you never. I never viewed him as the number one option guy. That's the thing. Like even number two. Like I don't view him as like the same level as Jamal Murray type of like scoring ability and carrying a team. So for him to be in like this three spot is so ideal because. He doesn't have to worry about, I need to go and actively look for my points. I think that's the biggest thing. In Orlando, I feel like he had to actively look for points. While here, he's able to fill in a role that he doesn't need to actively look for points. And obviously, Jokic makes his night a lot easier. 
but then he's a guy who can crash, crash the boards, who constantly cuts. They help him get mismatches, which works out really well. Like the way you talked about their team makeup and their salary situation contracts, like this might be the first team to repeat since the Warriors repeated in 17 and 18 as far as winning the championship. Yeah. We're going to see. Uh, we gotta, we'll have a really Im- crazy offseason to go. It's it's just finding the way to beat the like this Nuggets team and in and in against a super team. Yeah, could could have some issues, right? Um, like a fully developed super team, like you, you you know you put them against you know the prime Golden State, you know Golden State Warriors or, or the Miami Heat. Like yeah, those teams have answers um, for you know for this team. But when you can't develop that, it just makes it tough. So. Uh, I look forward to seeing what teams try to do, but going into this offseason, these teams aren't going to only have the how can we beat this Nuggets team on their mind. They're going to, how can we beat this Nuggets team, but we also got to worry about, ooh, how can we, like, how can we handle this new CBA and what it's going to have to do to our team, the extra limitations they have. So we're going to see how, that, how it goes. Um, but, hey, one more, one more game. I, I've enjoyed these finals. Yeah. Um, they've been they've been interesting. Um, just seeing all of the ways that Denver's been able to to handle things and all of the changes and, and curveballs that Miami's been trying to throw. Uh, so I'm excited for another one, and um, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. And and then we get into the into the draft season, um, which is a good a good time uh, for me. So I. Um, Look forward to it. Um, uh, anyways, good talk with Yelkin. Always. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk later. Let's do that.